Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 722, October 28, 2021. It was 75 degrees on this day in 1948. Man, the late uh, 40s and early 50s had some wonderful warm spells late late in the fall. And it was 17 degrees on this day in 1905 and 1925. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. A friend of mine told me about a school board candidate in Matamidi, a guy named Paul Donna, who I don't know, but our mutual friend told me about Paul Donna. Based on my having been saying over the last five years or so, I've been approaching every 45 to 55-year-old guy I know who a, has a GL head on his shoulders to run for public office. And I can't find anybody. Everybody keeps... Resisting, they would like to stay away from that. And my mutual, our friend tells me, I don't not, I don't know Paul Donna, but my friend tells me this is the guy you've been looking for. Oh, great! He, he doesn't need this. He needs this like a hole in the head. Is Paul is Paul joining us? Huh? Yes, he's on the line, sir. Sorry. Hi, Paul. Hello. Good afternoon. You might be the guy I've been looking for for years. I've been saying uh, I've been going to every forty-five to fifty-five-year-old guy in town and say. Man, you got to run for office. You got to help save the city, or or whatever. In your case, uh, you're a 54 year old guy who's never run for anything before. Is that correct? Uh, just I've run from things. You're right. I've never run for anything. <laughs> that's for sure. What do you do for a living? I'm in the municipal bond business. I help uh, actually help cities and counties and schools borrow money. So. Okay. And why are you running for school board? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I've seen, um, uh, I've seen a lot of the, the trend, the a negative trend, so to speak, that's been taking place not only here locally, but across the country with our schools. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a, there's been a shift in focus on education. Um, you know, that for me, that's the primary uh, role of schools is to educate our kids as best as possible and strive for academic excellence. And I just see a, a, a shift in focus on that. And uh, I'm concerned that uh, I'm concerned for the future if that trend continues. Do you have kids in the Matamidi school system? Uh, we do. We, we have two that have graduated and two that are still in the system, yes. And what, what, what principally is motivating you? What, what trends are you seeing that have caused you concern? Um, well, there's, there's data, you know, say what you will about standardized testing and everything, but 
that's it, it, until we come up with a better evaluation, that's the best we have to mm-hmm. evaluate progress with our kids on, and what, on what they're learning. And certainly we can go back and look at the statistics and, uh, Frankly, we've been losing ground over at least the last five years. Um, our rankings, you know, at one point, Matamidi was uh, certainly at one point was the number one ranked school district. If you use those statistics mm-hmm. in the state, we're no longer in in uh, in the in the top ten, and uh, in certain publications, we're outside the top twenty. So. Um, that's certainly some data that backs up the trend of, of um, what's what's happening here. Also, uh, Matamidi Schools had prided itself, uh, at least the reason we moved here for the schools, as well as the academic focus, was also the the value that the district placed on the input from parents uh, as stakeholders. And um, I. I don't see that anymore. Um, we've, uh, in some cases last year, albeit it was the pandemic and we went virtual, um, but public comment was not allowed at the, at the school board meeting um, virtually. Um, we've got the technology. I don't see why we had to shut down public comment specifically in, in such a time of, of um, concern for everyone that their voices need to be heard. So that's another thing that was that motivated me to run is to bring back the integrity and transparency of the of the school district. Do you know uh, the sitting current school board members? Do you know them personally? I know certainly I've conversed with them. Yeah, I, I know them personally. I don't know them well, but I know I know them personally. Do, do you hold the school board accountable for what you see as the failure of the school? Well, everything starts at the top, and the school board, in my opinion, their role is to uh, address policy, facilitate policy, uh, manage the budget, and, and be the voice of the family. So everything starts at the top, absolutely. Uh, the school board is accountable for what is taking place, certainly. There's a piece in the Star Tribune today headlined, Suburban School Board Races in Minnesota Emerge as Partisan Battlegrounds. I'm sensing that these school boards have become politicized. Is that an accurate (laughs) statement? Yes, it is. And it's too bad because it's non... This is about the kids. It should be nonpartisan. But um, it's... Uh, the folks who have told me to my face or through email that they're they're not going to support me, um, I have a feeling it has everything to do with just politics. Mm-hmm. And it's come down to the, those people have told me they're not supporting me because of my position on masks. Right. And uh, that's unfortunate because... <laughs> Uh, there's so many bigger items that we need to focus on besides uh, masks right now in, in what's taking place in our schools. So, well, yeah, it's being politicized. For sure. What's your position on masks that would be so disturbing to people? Um, I don't know. I, first, I'm not in favor of a mandate on masks. Mm-hmm. I believe it should be a parent's choice, and they should make an, they need to make an informed decision 
after they take into account, um, first off, they know their child best, in my opinion. Um, uh, there's all kinds of experts that they need to listen to, their own healthcare experts that they should be listening to and factoring in that decision. So to me, it's a parent's choice whether or not to mask their child or not. Um, and uh, certainly there's some people who don't feel that way. It should They believe in a mandate, but I don't feel that way. When did you begin your campaign? Um, a day after the filing. <laughs> which, okay. Uh, I don't remember that. So it was, I think it was in late August. All right. Yeah. Are you are you glad you've done so? <laughs> so some days yes, some days no. But um, yes, I, I am glad that I've done so. It's it's really invigorating. Uh, when I'm out door knocking and meeting people, um, just to hear their side and, and, and get their insights, um, it really invigorates you. Whether or not they support you or not, uh, I just enjoy talking to folks and finding out what issues they've got. Um, so, from that respect, it's yeah, it's it's been it's been a it's been actually kind of fun. It's a lot of hard work. I didn't expect it to be this involved, but um, I'm glad I did it. Are school boards, in your estimation, and this could be true nationally because they're really in the news quite a bit, school board, and have they become more socially and culturally involved as opposed to academically? I, you know, I've been certainly reading a lot of the news out there. Yeah, there are some certainly some boards that uh, I think social issues have have, um, you know, mission creep, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think social issues have um, uh, certainly creeped, crept into the purview of, of, of what schools are about. Yes, I believe so. How many open seats are there on the Matamidi School Board? It's one seat that's open. It's, um, um, it's, it's for a position that is filling out a term of someone who had to leave the board, okay. um, but there, there's an incumbent who was appointed last, I think, January. Uh, so that's the, I'm running against an incumbent All right. for one seat. Yep. All right. And you'll know Tuesday or you'll know soon after Tuesday. Yeah. I will. Yes. What do you think you can bring to the school board that you're not seeing being brought to, to the school board? I'd like to think that I'm, uh, I'm going to bring common sense. I'm going to bring an open mind. I'm going to bring critical thinking. Uh, and I'm going to bring leadership. Um, and I also hope that uh, in my professional career, I, I've, I've observed school boards and city councils on, on, on how, they, how they work together and how they can be effective. So I hope I can bring that experience as well to, because it takes the whole board to move something forward. Um, and so I hope I can bring that, uh, those leadership abilities as well. And again, you're a business guy, a family guy, and you've, you haven't held office before, but you stepped forward because you felt it was the right thing to do. That was the kind of guy I was looking to talk to. Yep, that's me. All right. Best of luck, sir. Best of luck. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Thanks
Thanks. I'm going to watch that race now in the paper. See who wins the school board seat in Matamita. But how about what his explanation of the, the political nature now of the school board? It's just, it's a joke. Well, everything's become political. Everything, you're right. Yeah. Everything. 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 It's just absolutely That's amazing. what bums me out about COVID and the vaccine and everything else. You're, if you have a point of view, you're picking a side, um, yep. which makes me uneasy. Well, yesterday, uh, we stepped in it. I did. Do you really think that? Well, I think we displayed some stupidity that some people have been more than happy to point out to me. Okay. And that stupidity was we were blindly... I even remember Height saying this, though. I, Height clarified that these, these vaccines go through phases of testing. Right. And, and But I was taken by the... Uh, Ruben from the uh, FDA who said, well, there are side effects and we don't know them. And I allowed myself to become disturbed by that. And I've gotten uh, some communication from three very intelligent people who uh, who are going to take us to task. But and I'm going to read each one of them. But it, I'm very pleased to have received their comments. Yeah, we need more of that on GL. There's There's 740,000 podcasts in this country, and not very many of them are going to do what I'm about to do, mm-hmm. which is take ourselves to task. And, yeah. and, and it, I don't even know if it's taking ourselves to task more than obviously putting information out there that either we might have known or should have known. That's what I miss about the radio is the feedback was instantaneous, mm-hmm. you know, in the form of phone calls. Um, so here we have to wait, you know, kind of wade around in our own stupidity and then wait for 24 hours uh, for the opposing viewpoint. But first, <laughs> bunga bunga. <laughs> there's a great selection of Alfa Romeo Stelvios at Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood. And I mention the Stelvios because A, I've owned one and they're fantastic. I might own another one. B, there's a, a plentiful supply of the Stelvios. And this is an inventory shortage all across the country of automobiles. And what's happening is you can go on the Schmel's uh, VW, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo website and hopefully order a vehicle. And when it's trucked in, you are immediately informed. And what, what, what that is causing is there's been no time to replenish the lot, as they say. Ah. Uh, so the lot is no longer full of cars because all the cars are spoken for. And they'll get you one, but they're fighting the shortage just like anyone else, mm-hmm. with the exception of this marvelous Alfa Romeo Stelvio, which I highly recommend if you're in the SUV market. They're really, really nifty. Uh, this is a multi-generational dealership on the corner of 36 and 61 in Maplewood. It's been there for more than 50 years. Great people. You know what Jonathan uh, Schmelz had parked in the uh, garage the other day, Kenny? Uh, what? His grandfather's 1948 Ford pickup truck. Oh, cool. And it was pristine. Hey, uh, I tried refre- to buy it. Yeah. Re- of I'll course you did. Yeah. Refresh my memory. The Stelvio, is that the one I drove uh, across the river twice yeah. uh, to get? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I throw my endorsement behind that thing. That was a fun drive. That got through the oh. river twice. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Across the river good, twice. Good car. Schmelz uh, Countryside in Maplewood. SchmelzVW.com. SchmelzFiat.com. And SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com.
Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Here's $60,000 and a 401k uh, match. Uh, go out and do some deliveries for me. Uh, GLers, I'm talking about Polka Dot Dairy. They're looking for a few good GLers, man, a man, woman, men, women. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He, either they, or. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Either either or. Log on to polkadotdairy.com slash jobs. They're looking for uh, a licensed CDL Class B drivers to do route work based out of Hastings right on 61 and like i said 60k a year 401k match early morning hours no weekends boy that's right up my alley the best part you get to join a team of glers all you need is that valid cdl class b license and that good gl attitude log on to polka.dairy.com slash jobs apply and then get started on a great new career with a Great group of GLers. One more time, easy to remember, polka.dairy.com slash jobs. All right, yesterday we were uh, we spent time being puzzled by the release of a vaccine with unknown side effects, and apparently that's always been the case. But okay. I, I certainly be, I allowed myself to become alarmed by it. And uh, we'll start with the first note from a woman named Stephanie who writes, I listened to your podcast and was absolutely embarrassed and appalled by the ignorance coming from you guys. I was so mad I took the time to write a long note on my phone explaining how wrong you all are. I listened to the show and have these points. Number one, the vaccine has been through all three phases required of a vaccine. You seem confused by that. And it has been tested on thousands of children. There is nothing abnormal about this process. Phase three trials mean safety data has been collected for months on thousands of participants and compared to participants who received a placebo. Point two, you like to use polio often as an example. Okay, once Salk invented his vaccine in 1952, the March of Dimes started the Salk vaccine trials that lasted one year. 1.8 million kids involved in the trials, only 12 months of safety. That's the norm. Number three, the problem is we now live in a country filled with amateur public health experts who Mm -hmm. have somehow deemed this process unsavory. No, you're just only now learning about it and paying attention. This is the process. This is the deal. This is how the sausage is made. Point four, work through your argument. An effective vaccine is found, or an effective drug, or an effective medical device, etc. It's tested for 12 months with no major side effects seen. Regulatory bodies approve it. 
It sounds like what you would like to happen is that when we is that we then collectively wait for a decade before using the vaccine drug device and collect more safety data. Does that make sense? Should the logic be applied to Ford, Tesla, old Dutch potato chips? Point five. Speaking of, I drive with my kids in the car. I let them watch screens. They swim a lot. They drink Sprite. All of these things have much worse safety data than the COVID-19 vaccine. (laughs) People are really bad at accurately gauging risk. Point six, Kenny seems to think that the government paying you 100 bucks to get a vaccine was how the Romanoffs fell. Please look up the 1905 Supreme Court ruling in Jacobson or the 1922 ruling in Zucht. States have the right to mandate vaccines, require them for school entrance, etc. All several decades before COVID. Again, nothing new here, just a lot of new students. Seven, finally, what's this BS about shots versus vaccines? No vaccines in history are 100% effective. Just because you can still get a disease you're vaccinated against doesn't mean you didn't get a vaccine. This is illogical and childish. If a condom breaks, does it stop becoming a condom? If your headache isn't cured by an Advil, did you not take an anti-inflammatory? These are safe, effective vaccines or as safe and effective as any vaccine ever is. I can't wait to vaccinate my kids. All right. Well, that was a good one. Give me the name, uh, what I should look up again. You went through the Romanovs. Apparently yesterday you said something about this is how the Romanovs feel. I think it's R-O-M, Roma, O-N. 1905? Mm -hmm. Where is this point watch? What point? uh, Oh, Uh, Kenny seems to think that the government is paying you 100 bucks to get a vaccine was how the Romanovs fell. R-O-M-A-N-O-V-S, Romanovs. Oh, 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 that's just an analogy, right? Well, yeah, but apparently you you, you used the wrong analogy. I don't think I mentioned Romanovs. I don't know, but that's, that's, that's from a woman named Stephanie. Now I have one. Mandate. Hold on. From. Ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 right away. The first thing that comes up, uh, September 10th, 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 1905 that states have the police power to issue vaccine mandates, uh, a decision upheld nearly 20 years later. So at least now I have, uh, and it's from businessinsider.com. So I've got a story to click on. Thank you, Stephanie. All right. Now I have from Greg. Hello, gang. I listen every day and email frequently. I love the show, but even I have my limits. When listening to the show today, meaning yesterday, the topic of the FDA and CDC considering authorization of the Pfizer vaccine for younger children came up. Expecting a reasoned discussion amongst the crew, I was instead met with, to my ears, an obscene amount of unwarranted skepticism regarding such a decision. I don't mean to lump the crew in with the anti-vax crowd, and if you, you have all said that you aren't. We are not. And I heard the old canard about not knowing the possible side effects of such a vaccine. There are some folks out there who often use such a talking point about when speaking against vaccines in general. And yet those same people seem unconcerned with the very real and well-documented side effects of COVID-19 itself. When presented with a proven to be safe and effective means to combat and to combat said disease, these people remain aloof. Is that GL thinking or even being fact-based? I'm not saying that everyone should absolutely refuse to get the vaccine under any circumstances, but what exactly are people waiting to hear? How many times do they need to be told that these vaccines work, are safe, and are effective? 
If people don't trust the word of the FDA and the CDC, whose job it is to determine these things, who are they going to listen to? A more reasonable stance would have been to try and get an infectious disease expert such as Dr. Osterholm on to explain the decision and answer questions anyone might have to allay concerns. Why there's such resistance to measures of public health is beyond me, but I think we can still come together and do what's best for the greater good. I don't foresee any other way to effectively combat the pandemic than vaccination. So let's all help each other out and do our part. Good luck, Greg. Well, we've had Dr. Michael Osterholm on numerous times. We we kicked this off with more than a in February of 2020 with mm-hmm. Dr. Mike Osterholm. Yes, we did. But that's well well spoken as well. Mm-hmm. I have a I, I am guilty of uh, something. I just realized this listening to his letter. I'm guilty of something that uh, I criticize others for um, politicizing everything. And what set me off, and I probably didn't even bring it up on the air, is the governor and lieutenant governor and everybody else getting the booster and, and all the that. And the former governor, Plenty. Uh, it, well, well, that's where I'm going, Chris. And, and it set me off, and it didn't sit right with me. And then I started thinking just now during that letter, would I have reacted the same way if this would have been the Plenty administration? And I think I'm guilty of doing what I hate. I automatically politicize something I shouldn't have. Which is the way the United States has gone. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Joe, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hail you. Let me stop right there. I'm gobsmacked that this guy even listens to us. Oh. He's an esteemed medical professional who treats children at their moments of their worst illnesses. You're saying he's way too smart to be listening to us, dum-dums? I'm so pleased. I'm pleased (laughs) that he's listening. As a dedicated listener, I feel compelled to comment on your discussion regarding childhood administration of the COVID vaccine. First, the technology upon which the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are based is the safest ever. It is indeed a vaccine. First, the technology... uh, It is indeed a vaccine. We think... We have trusted vaccines against polio, diphtheria, and chickenpox that are based on older and less perfect technology, but thank God we don't have to deal with those diseases anymore. Chickenpox wasn't awful for all children, but it results in painful shingles later in life, the death of immune-compromised people people who contracted the virus with long-term complications in many. COVID is a much bigger problem now one of the top 10 causes of death in childhood. If kids don't die, many get terrible side effects like myocarditis, which happens far more in affected people than those vaccinated. In addition, they can pass the virus to older and more vulnerable people who do indeed die. I ran and got the Pfizer vaccine as soon as I could and have been boosted since. I got a sore shoulder three times. There are some like your sister who get their butt kicked by the immune response to the vaccine, but it beats getting the actual infection. Here is the problem. There are people who have been quoted regarding the issues who have no idea what the impact of their message is. They drive me crazy. The emergency use authorization approved by the FDA yesterday was based on exhaustive data from a very well-constructed and controlled clinical trial in addition to adolescent and adult experience with the vaccine. Stupid academicians who don't know the impact of their words spew out stupid I don't know statements that are chewed up and spit out like people in you and, like you and Kenny and Reavers who do know the power of their words. Take it from me, Joe. This vaccine is safe and COVID is real. 
Please help your audience to understand that. Please, you know how to find me if you need me, Chris Mortel. Uh, there's just one issue I would take uh, with uh, Chris's note. We have never denied that COVID isn't real. Not, not once. I don't think he's implying that. He just yeah. wants to reinforce the idea that COVID is real. We, we believe it is real. And that's where I want to go, Joe, because some of the similar messaging coming from the three notes that you just read is, we're being lumped into the crowd that's anti-vax, which is completely not true. We're not anti-vax. We're in the crowd that doesn't believe that, that COVID's a myth, which is completely not we true. We don't believe it's a myth. But the other part that I'm really having a hard time with, and it's, it's boiling up in me again, is who decided and when did they decide that we are now a republic in which only one line of thinking is allowed? Who and when, when was that decided that... I'm no longer to have the choice of what I choose to do with my kids. Who made that decision? Because that's not fair. That's not what the, this country was founded and built upon. I have the right and the ability to do what I think is right for my children. Nobody else is going to do that, including the bleeping government. Well, I, this was covered in Steph's letter. Yeah, th- there's an answer to that. There's an answer to that. Okay. Your kids presumably currently have had a number of vaccines in order to even attend school. True. All right. Yep. What's the difference? Well, those have been around for a very long time. Well, <laughs> uh, but as Chris points out, <clears throat> the one the vaccines that now have not been around for a very long time have been achieved and accomplished with better technology than the ones that have been around a long time. I knew that this was going to come up because what did I tell you after we got done doing the show yesterday? What did I tell you? That we must have innately knew we, we, we went above our pay grade. I looked at you and I said, I am going to get ripped, aren't I? Well, and it was before I even posted the show. And you said, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly well, what you you're, said. You're, so what if we get ripped? Sure, I'm used to it. Well, and you're not the only one. We all are. We, I think the sin we committed yesterday or the mistake we made yesterday was uh, some naivete. Sure. Uh, uh, we can't get to the point where you so distrust a government that you believe they would purposely launch a vaccine without data to prove their efficacy that that might be the fault we slip into occasionally and that we can't go there i don't want to get to the point where we think we live in a country and again that's the result of the politics the politics entering this because political politicization is too hard to say polit po- mm-hmm. what does it say yeah yeah and so yesterday, when I read this guy from the FDA saying, well, we got to give it and see what happens, then I, I thought, well, what the hell does that mean? Well, now I know what it means. That's the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. Always been done. And it's not being given without the prior three phases of testing. Can I share with you one thing, knowing that this was going to come up today? Yes. Uh, I follow an account that I think all of you should, by the way. I should have told you this before the show began. I follow an account called COVID Clarity. Mm-hmm. This is an Ivy League medical professional mm-hmm. who is a statistician on this very thing in the state of Minnesota. Oftentimes what information is being put out is information directly from the CDC. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So it's reputable. I know mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and, I, and, and it's a great follow. It's called COVID Clarity, if you want to follow it along Twitter like I do. An FDA panel voted to, this is uh, just about a half an hour ago. An FDA panel voted to move forward with COVID vaccines for children ages 5 to 11. The CDC, okay, the CDC estimated that 42% 
of kids in this age group already had COVID as of June. Given the recent wave, it's likely that over half of kids currently in the United States already had COVID and have natural immunity. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Isn't that a good thing? That's a very good thing. Who And who said that on this show? Dr. Osterholm. Mm-hmm. That natural immunity is the best That's form. That's the ultimate. Is the ultimate form to battle COVID. And I, I, I also know that a lot of people with underlying health issues can't roll the dice in that regard, and I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Weighted SARS-CoVID-2 infection-induced seroprevalence which is, of course, I looked that word up because it was a bleep you word, the level of a pathogen in a population as measured in blood serum. Okay, Children consistently have higher seroprevalence estimates than adults. Ages 5 to 11 have the highest seroprevalence, but confidence intervals overlap with other pediatric age groups. Age 5 to 11 increased from 13% in November of 2020 to 42% in June of 2021 and likely more than 50% currently. The number of infectious per cases or per reported case in the general population median 2.4 is 2.0 to 3.9%. Stop. Mhm. What what are you trying to demonstrate? I'm trying to demonstrate that kids that are getting COVID are likely not even realizing that they have COVID. And that natural immunity is their best long-term option. Okay, now that's going to really yep. That's going to result in hate mail. In that's getting fine. three more of these brilliant emails. I know, but I'm just and here's here's my basic point. Okay, and I said this yesterday. And I I'm think I just s- figured it out, by the way. But go ahead. I, I, I think I just had a light bulb go off in my head. I said it yesterday, and I'm going to say it again. It's a comfort thing. If the likes of if Stephanie wants to vaccinate her children, you go right ahead. If that's going to make you feel better, absolutely. I am not going to stand in your way. I am not going to shout you down. That's your choice. But I also expect the same respect when I make a decision for my children because that's my choice, not the government's. What if it comes to the point where, uh, in order to attend school, they must be vaccinated? Then I'm going to have a problem. Yeah, because they already are vaccinated to attend school. Joyce. They've already gone to yeah, their pediatrician and, and gotten true. vaccines. Yep. A bunch of other shots. That's true. Joe, I emailed you this uh, link to this uh, insider, uh, business insider story uh, titled How a Supreme Court Decision from 1905 Set the Stage for Vaccine Mandates. And Chris, from what I, uh, and I've been reading it off and on here, from <clears throat> what I've been reading, it's it's legal. They can do this. Yeah. Yep. Let me, let me, let me uh, take a stab at clarification. All right. All right. Never before. Now, I've said many times during the the now what almost two years of COVID. I've said many times. God, it feels like a lot longer than that. I've said many times. You know, the country's never acted this way before. It seemed to me. Yes, you it, said it's that. It's never yes. acted this way before, and I think I think I'm narrowing in on what that means. The advent of the ability of of anyone to instantly weigh in on any topic through social yeah. media mm-hmm. has muddied the waters. We're, you're, you're getting bombarded all across the spectrum with people, uh, by people, virtually all of whom don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you, and I'm not talking about you just read. Mm-hmm. What I'm suggesting is... We are inundated with social messaging from the time you get up in the morning till the time you go to bed. And that's what's different about this. 
That's mm-hmm. what didn't happen in the Spanish flu outbreak. That's what didn't happen during swine flu. That's what didn't happen uh, at the Hong Kong outbreak of 1968. They came and went because we didn't have the ability to pretend we were experts by clicking on our phone. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and Chris noted that. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know where that sentence was, but he was, Boy, he was got... decrying the amateur voices that are driving him crazy, you know. And he's, he deserves to be driven crazy because he knows what the hell he's talking about. Of course he does, yes. <laughs> we don't. Well, all of the people that, that wrote into you obviously are informed people right, that know right, what they're talking right. about. Do you have his phone number? I, I, I'd love to talk to him right now. Uh, um, you wouldn't be able to reach him right now. He's, he's a little busy. He's a busy, so, busy guy. reiterate what you said about children and natural antibodies and not they might have the covid and might not even know it is what i just said correct i didn't say that that. i didn't know i'm talking to chris oh i'm sorry i have it right here um oh shoot i just lost it give me give me a second kenny i'll bring it back up my question is is it worse now these are questions i'd have for the doctor and not just for us three dummies is it worse if you if the kid gets COVID in some cases? Uh, would it be worse if he didn't have the kid didn't have the shot? I'm referring to that's the kid what Chris is saying. Okay, yes. Uh, yes. Here, here, here yes. it is, Kenny. An FDA panel voted to move forward with the COVID vaccines for children ages five to eleven. The CDC estimated that 42 percent of kids in this age group already had COVID as of June 2021. Given the recent wave, it's likely that over half of the kids in the U.S already had coded and have had covid and have natural immunity tell me your source for this again this is from the cdc okay either way though shot or no shot vaccine or no vaccine it's still getting there's still a possibility and even if the kid doesn't know he has the covid it's still getting spread correct Mm -hmm. that would be another question i'd ask the doctor okay well and that's and isn't well go ahead go ahead well i was just going to say all i was going to add to that was if whether it's a, a child ages five to eleven, uh, or whether it's a forty-year-old dummy that works on a podcast, you know, who, whoever, if, if if someone already has natural immunity because they had already had COVID, I, my my whole argument: why? What's the point of getting the vaccine if I've already got natural immunity? You fall in line with Dr. Scott Jensen, who I believe had the COVID, um, so he has. He claims he has natural antibodies, and therefore he has not had the shot. But he routinely recommends that certain patients that he sees get get right. get the vaccination. Let me repeat, perhaps the most but critical I'm sentence. So far out of my comfort zone. I know, here. and I'm trying to trying to save us all. Let me repeat the, uh, the most critical sentence written by Dr. Chris. COVID is a much bigger problem. Now one of the top 10 causes of death in childhood. If kids don't die, many can get terrible side effects like myocarditis. It's a heart problem, which happens far more in infected people than those vaccinated. Okay. He's, a, he's, Do- he's championing the idea, yes, get vaccinated it works they're safe the data has followed its procedures there's been three phases all three emailers told us this today right right 
and I'm down with that. And another question I would like to ask him, what, uh, how many instances or what, what has happened to the kids who have had uh, negative reactions, bad reactions to the vaccine? Has that, in fact, killed them or harmed them for life? Or is it like your sister and a bunch of people we know, adults, who have suffered for three, four days and then it goes away? You know what I'm that that would be another question I would like to ask the doctor. There again, you're you are making a statistical presumption. I'm not. I'm 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 asking a question. I'm asking for data. Okay. I have no presumptions here at all. Okay. Because what I was gonna say is that uh it 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 may not well. It's, you can't say that to somebody who lost a child. I was going to say it may not right. be statistically significant how many uh, people have had right. adverse right. reactions to the vaccine. It may be obviously not enough have to have stopped the release of the vaccine. There you go. That's, that's not enough prob- have to have stopped the release of the Pfizer for kids. That's they did that's phase the harsh, one. the harsh truth. Right. Then they succeeded, right. so they get phase two. Then they right. succeeded, they get phase three. And now, yeah. as soon as next week, like the one woman who wrote, she can't wait to get her kids vaccinated. She's right. up, she believes that that's what she should do in their best interests. Yep. And, and I don't think anything we said yesterday, well, maybe we, maybe we intimated that uh, why don't people just wait a while and see if this works. Well, that's not practical. That's, that's my naivete. Uh, wait, what's the, when would be the deadline for me to wait until, you know what, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I said that out loud, but that's what I was thinking, you know? Yeah. And I guess my biggest point of contention is, I don't know again when this happened, but when was it just so comfortable for a lot of people to decide that they were going to tell other people what to do? 1905, according to what I'm reading. But do you know what I'm getting at? It, it yeah. really no, has been enhanced since the no, pandemic Chris, started. No, Chris, all my life, when people have told me to do one thing, I've done the other. I, I, that's because I'm mentally ill. Go uh, back to... I, you know, so I understand your point of view, Chris. Go back to the political divide in the country. The political divide in the country is the direct source of much of this confusion. It is. Yeah, it is. That's the, fair. In fact, it's the only source of this confusion. Like I said, um, and I guess I forgot um, that Palenti was uh, so on board with the vaccination. So why didn't that put me at ease? It should have, if I've accidentally politicized this in my own mind. Let me, let me put this in a framework. As a direct result of the political divide, it was easy to lose sight of the idea that scientists, doctors, epidemiologists, and researchers were doing what they've always done, what they've always done, without political implications. They were testing and uh, trials and going through phases and and with better technology, they were able to hasten the development of the vaccines. But because of the political divide, there is a faction of the country that believes it's the government trying to control us. Yep. And that's, that's the direct result of the great Greek chorus of the unwashed with one of these bleeping phones in their hand. Yep. That's Guilty. the result of Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, yep. Yep. TikTok. M&M's, yep. 
But it's the also the part drops. Of, <laughs> the, the talking of both sides of your mouth. You remember the video? I was trying to desperately find it here quickly, but the mashup we played months ago of Kamala Harris when she and Biden were running for office, and she was very outspoken against, I'm not getting the vaccine if it gets passed by this administration. That went around yesterday, too, with uh, Omar and uh, somebody else, too, uh, both saying that prior to Biden winning the election. Yep, they all all were outspoken against it. And it was only because Trump said at the time that we were going to fast-track this thing. Okay, uh, let's throw this into the mix, then. Should we or should we not be upset that, you know, quote signs, air quote signs here, Big Pharma is uh, doubling, tripling, quadrupling their income over this COVID vaccination thing? Does that even figure into the discussion? Should we care? Only to this point. Uh, It wasn't that long ago that Big Pharma was the enemy of the government. Mm Mm-hmm. And now Big Pharma is no longer the enemy of the government. But if it took Big Pharma to come up with life-saving vaccines, then uh, Big Pharma gets a pass from me. Yeah, we even, was it yesterday, we even talked about Moderna and how they've only been around for a few years and this is the only thing on their table. They were founded in 2010. 2010. Yeah, this is the only thing uh, that they have released, even though they're working on a few other items, if I remember right. And that's the shot I have. I didn't have any reaction at all. And I think, given the advice of the three emailers, I'm going to get in line for the booster. Do I have to get the damn flu shot, though, too? I already got mine. And I have one more question. Um, Not probably as serious as this. Have you guys been able to hear my stomach growling during no, all of this? No, I don't yes. want to. Yes, I don't want to. I, I could use maybe a, some, I don't know, smoked salmon <laughs> or uh, some salami or a, a well, I know where you can get it. How about some more hate mail? Do you want some more hate mail with that gurgling well, stomach? It, <laughs> as far as hate mail goes, that those three pieces no, are kidding. literally totally... the best hate mail yeah. we could possibly not, get. It's not hate and mail. And it's not hate mail. No, I'm not kidding. at all. I'm mail. just kidding. No, and I'm, good stuff. I'm grateful that we have an appeal Apparently, you know, there's 740,000 of these podcasts in this country. Mm-hmm. And I'm pleased to know that we are found to be somewhat attractive, regardless of your political leanings. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've never set out to be one side or the other. Uh, no, you're the side of common sense. Well, well I think well, yesterday we were short on it. What I like, and, and the, the reaction that I hate is, you guys are idiots, you're wrong, I'm never listening again. Yeah. And they don't tell us why. They just they just give us that. No, but then they also email us the next week. Well, this time I'm really never listening again. Yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate those three emails. Yes, thank you very much. Did you want some uh, Grunhoffers? Do you think that'll solve what ails you? I need a meatloaf. They got the meatloafs. Oh. I they got the brats, right the Wagyu burgers and steaks, the ham, the bacon, the season, the salmon. 139 different flavors of brats. Mm. As I said yesterday, I love to cut those brats up and throw them in the scrambled eggs. Someday I'm going to do that. You know? Someday I'm going to teach myself how to do that. <laughs> Where does this pan go? <laughs> do I put it in the stove? Gas or electric? You got a 50 50 shot. What are you going to do here?
Uh, the original Grunhoffers, of course, is uh, just north of Hugo on Highway 61. And because we drove Spencer crazy and made his life miserable, he had to open a second store. That's in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just east of Interstate 35. Both sites full of some of the most delicious grilling and cooking products you'll ever find in the area, not to mention the entire universe. It's an emporium of the best meat available. That's Grunhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance long underwear. And I got to tell you, they're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget forget all of your orders that are over $40 those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America when you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season think about chillboys and chillboys.com and when you place your order at chillboys.com please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the garage logic podcast it's the end of the world as we know it and he feels fine joe suchere you know you can always record days of our lives or uh, the Kimmel show or whatever the hell it is that you think you're going to miss this winter um, by being out plowing snow. The best lawn care shop in the business, they're looking for you. I'm referring, of course, to professionalturf.com. And if you get laid off in the winter, why wouldn't you? You know, you only work when it snows. Uh, yeah, ProTurf is looking for you guys, laid off lawn care employees, uh, construction types, people that have know-how and that are quick learners and jobs don't scare them. They're not intimidated by anything. Put me to work. That's the, that's the people that uh, ProfessionalTurf.com is looking for right now. Extra money, downtime, yeah, no, we'll put you to work. It's in the South Metro, and like I said, it only happens when you snow. Very flexible compensation programs. To work off, uh, to work with you, laid off people. Uh, but here, here's the deal: they're also going to be adding to their full-time staff for next summer, and it, this is a great company to work for. Their uh, employees very hap, uh, very happful. Why can't I talk? Helpful. Very, very happy. What's happy? Happy. Very, very happy. They're happy heads. <laughs> I'm not happy. Which one are you? I'm happy. <laughs> I'm grumpy. That's who I am. Uh, professionalturf.com. Click on Contact Us. Send in your name, your info, and uh, get hooked up with these guys. Professionalturf.com. See, at the Krabby Coffee Shop, we don't talk COVID at all. As a matter of fact, we don't talk anything that matters. Okay. We talk about fact, fun sometimes stuff. Sometimes you guys don't even talk. Right. <laughs> uh, we had a really good, fun show yesterday. I am so happy Why that I Why is he I suddenly had, plugging his show here? Don't know. I am so happy that I asked McLean and Height to join me because they are literally carrying the load. And all I have to do, it's, it's the same thing with this show. I just show up and talk hang out <laughs> yeah yeah so glers if you haven't tried it uh, i would say yesterday was probably our best effort um and you just go to garagelogic.com 
Do you recall I expressed some fondness for a feature that Carol Evan has on their website called Verify? Yes. I think yes. it's a yeah. useful tool. Mm -hmm. It's a useful tool. And today one caught my attention. No, shipping backlog at California ports is not caused by California trucking regulations. An earlier version of this story said a person claimed in a viral post, there's your social media again, mm -hmm. that California's regulations were the primary cause of the shipping backlog. The, post, the poster actually said the backlog was in part caused by the regulations. The story has been corrected to better reflect the claim in this post. The supply chain is clogged and that is leading to delays in goods ordered ahead of the holiday season. The backlog is centered around California ports like the Port of L.A. and the Port of Long Beach, where container ships are waiting for longer periods of time than usual to dock. A person claimed in a tweet or something that California regulations, namely a ban on older trucks and a law expected to restrict owner-operator truck drivers, share some of the blame for the shipping backlog. Several viewers asked if these claims were real. Our California trucking regulations, this is the question, are California trucking regulations contributing to the shipping backlog of California ports? Uh, answer, no, a number of different factors are continuing, uh, are contributing to the supply chain backlog, but they all come back to record volume moving through ports, not a truck shortage. Two separate regulations were highlighted in these viral posts. The first is a California state law from 2019 which is designed to redefine the difference between independent contractors and employees within the state. The uh, truckers have challenged the law's application to truck drivers in court, claiming it would end owner-operator model common among truck drivers. The law's application to truckers is currently blocked by an injunction while the challenge works its way through the court system, meaning it currently does not apply to the state's truckers and owner-operator truck drivers are still serving the state's ports. Uh, this printed poorly, unfortunately. I'm, I'm not going to uh, uh, continue it. Uh, it's not necessarily a shortage of drivers. It's a shortage of equipment and then the lack of productivity. Matt Schrapp, CEO of the Harbor Trucking Association, which represents truck drivers operating at West Coast Ports, said of the biggest issues they're facing locally in Los Angeles and Long Beach. So it's not because the California lawmakers, who are certainly capable of screwing things up, it's not necessarily because they uh, created a law that uh, forbid the use of these uh, trucks. The supply chain is a system of systems. The shortage of available drivers outside the local harbor complex does have an impact on the ability for warehouses and what not to move their goods from their and what not to move their goods from their facilities. But it's not a function of a driver shortage down here in the ports itself. There are 14,000 drivers who are doing business here daily or available to do business here daily. Okay. So uh, if you hear that. Uh, the shortage is caused by California telling you can't uh, use an older truck. Apparently, that is not currently the case. I also see a note here. I think the CDC is blaming the unvaccinated for the... Uh, you really don't know I, when to stop, do you? Just, you just don't know when I'm to stop. just kidding. <laughs> and I, I, uh, Kenny uh, linked me to a piece that I read and was disappointed uh, from Railway, Railway Age, a railroad uh, newsletter... Uh, purporting to tell me why the uh, train went off the tracks in Montana in late September. Remember that? Yeah. But I can't find the reason. 
No, it's not in there. They don't have it yet. They were doing the right speed. The braking system worked. Uh, Everything was fine. We have a buddy, our mutual friend, who was on the Empire Builder, what, maybe no more than a month before the crash, right? Mm -hmm. Same area. Mm -hmm. And he was startled at some of the stops by uh, the condition of the ties uh, the the railroad wood ties and the amount of spikes, railroad spikes that were just laying around loose. Let me um, say something about that. Yep. Driving in today, I heard President Biden's remarks on his uh, social safety network spending. Okay. And how he wishes to spend more on infrastructure and how we're going to have 500,000 electric car charging stations throughout the country and on and on and on and on. And then the number of bridges we have that shouldn't even be driven over and the number of roads that are incapacitated. And I'm thinking, but you are the people who've been in charge. I know. Biden, you've been there for almost 50 years. (laughs) His whole life. (laughs) And you're you're acting like suddenly this has all been neglected. Well, it has been. It's been neglected by you (laughs) and your brothers and sisters in in Congress and in the Senate. It's the same with tax laws. How dare these billionaires achieve what they've achieved? You wrote the tax laws. So rewrite them. Rewrite them. Simplify them. Break them up. It's, and it was sentence after sentence of Biden decrying the current conditions in America. And if only we could spend another $2 trillion, we'll fix all that. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing? Living fat and happy on the third rail. Because you Come haven't on. been tending to business. No, everything's been neglected. Apparently railroad ties are corrupted. Bridges are corrupted. Highways are corrupted. Water systems in Flint, Michigan are corrupted. What the hell have you been doing? And now, as always, come back to the taxpayer, the people who actually pay taxes and can't really take advantage of these extraordinary loopholes. You people wrote the loopholes. Get rid of them. <laughs> We're being lectured to by the the fox guarding the hen house. Wait a minute. The, Let's see. Is that hold work? on? Does that does that make it sense? It's we're being lectured to by the, the the fox that no the fox wouldn't be running the hen house. Well, we're being lectured to by the fox. Is he stealing the eggs? There we go. He's he's lecturing That's us better. on how we've not taken care of security for the hen house. Mm-hmm. Well, he's gobbling the eggs down. And speaking of that, I shared this with you guys beforehand. What? What the hell did I just say? I don't know, but it was spectacular. I'm not sure it makes sense. This yes for Minneapolis is going to happen. Oh man! Because uh, well, a the the ads now are incessant, and I've been normally I avoid comments on news articles and things like that, but I think the overwhelming majority Chris. of people want this. Did you see what the chief of police uh, in Minneapolis has to say about this? No. It he took him long public, enough. Well, finally went public either yesterday or last night, and uh, it was published today. He said, I've never been consulted about this. No one's ever talked to me about this. I'm a no vote. I don't know what their plan is. And he, he literally said, give me anything. Give me something written on a napkin. But they don't even have They don't plans. have that. I guarantee you when this passes, he'll resign. He's out of there. Well, he won't have to resign. He'll be eliminated. Yeah, yeah, Wouldn't he right. still have to step down? I don't know. 
it just it just when you think things couldn't get worse, we lose Todd Axdell in St. Paul. I God only knows who might replace him, given the Mysterians who run the city. Well, I said yesterday. Can you imagine the if when Carter wins re-election, who he's going to appoint? God help us. Well, it's got to be somebody. Well, I guess it could be from with outside of the force, but you would assume. Uh, uh, a normal person would assume it would be from within the ranks. Traditionally, right? it's always been from within the ranks. Right. But you know what we don't realize? Well, I do. I realize it. Uh, he's been a great wall between these adult children in the city council and the citizens of St. Paul. Axtell. Yeah. He's been a great wall holding it. And you know what I think? I, well, we alluded to it yesterday. He's just tired of the BS. Absolutely. You know, he goes to work every day for a guy who doesn't even like him. Or not like him, but he, he goes to work every day for a guy who wants to reimagine the police department. You're going to rue the day you lose Axtell in this town. You're going to rue the day you lose a Minneapolis police department in Minneapolis. There goes your tax base. You think people are going to want to come downtown? You think businesses are going to want to relocate downtown? The, uh, the ads that I'm speaking about, too, always have endorsed by Keith Ellison as if, oh, that's going to sway my vote. Mm-hmm. But apparently for some, it probably will, unfortunately. An outside group, essentially, yes, for Minneapolis, sets up shop in Minneapolis, is funded uh, uh, to a great part by outside income, outside forces contributing money to it. And the chief of police in the city of Minneapolis is never even given the courtesy of having been talked to by these people. It's an outrage. It's an outrage. I'm going to see if I can find the piece I was referring to. And these people who wish to reimagine the police department still don't know what that means. And you're crazy to vote yes. And Reavers is now convinced people are going to vote yes. I am. And I, I God, I hope I'm wrong. Because it, it's going to affect us directly coming here, Joe. It's going to affect you in St. Paul. Well, I, I, I Did you see, that. by the way, we had, a, that. We, had a, uh, we had a shooting... At a BP station in Maple Grove? Hey, uh, on Hemlock, that's, boy, I can't tell you how many times I've stopped there, and I have people very close to that BP. So for those of us in the Outer Ring suburbs, <laughs> we're not going to be immune from this crap either. No, you might as well move back to town. Uh, that ain't going to happen. All right, well. <laughs> and what Wait, I find You is, got a spot for sale real cheap? Well, I wish. <laughs> What I find in, increasingly disturbing is local police uh, departments, and I'm not criticizing you, but I, I just think you're wrong when you say uh, the two participants knew each other. There is no threat to public safety. Uh, when bullets are flying around, there's a hell of a lot of threat to public safety. The two guys in the truck park bar knew each other, and there was one hell of a threat to public safety. Yep, yep. And like we discussed a few weeks ago, these people are using range ammo. This is an ammo that breaks up when it hits, you know, something. Uh, this is ammo that just keeps on going until it runs out of steam. That means walls, whatever. It's Unfortunately, going it, it means people, too. Yep, yep. Well, tomorrow, one after the other, we're going to have the three St. Paul mayoral candidates. That's right. They're each going to be given five, seven, eight minutes, whatever they need, to answer only one question. Why does Melvin Carter need to be replaced, and why are you the guy to do it? Bill Hosko on it uh, early in the podcast, followed by Dino Guerin, followed by Paul Langenfeld. 
It's, I mean, no disrespect to the other three candidates, but as I've said, these three seem to have gained at least a measurable purchase uh, in the public consciousness. Not enough, I'm afraid, but they've, they've gained a reasonable purchase in the public consciousness. And I want to know what they have to say. They, this is their last gasp. The election is Tuesday. Carter, of course, has the most money and has spent the most and has the most, uh, understandably, has the most visible profile of any mayoral candidate, and they're all good. There are six candidates, and they're all good. Um, in fact, I, was, I watched the debate, what, two weeks ago? I remember telling mm-hmm. you about it. I watched the League of Women Voters debate on public television, and there were some impressive things said uh, by these candidates. But, you know, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty strong DFL town. And, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's safe they, to say. They've got, a long, uh, they've got a long road to climb. Why don't we take a short break, and I'll tell you that uh, New York, I have positive news. It's Thursday. I have positive news about New York City. Skin Over Body Works and Glass and Shoreview is a GLer's one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop. They're on County E and Lex. That's Lexington for you folks that don't know. That's in Shoreview, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday. That's today. Uh, Mr. Positive himself, Mike Schoonover, is here, the Fender Bender Mender. Good morning, Schoonie. Good morning, Kenny. Good to be with you today. You, uh, you're a TV star, buddy. You were on the Fox <laughs> 9 last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, they did a, they did a little, uh, they wanted to do a little special on our, uh, heart screen that we got coming up on Saturday, so, uh, it was nice of them to, uh, to gather a little information and have me on and talk about it and try to promote it a bit. So it was uh, very cool. Officially known as Play for Patrick, for GLers that don't know what we're talking about, give us a brief uh, overview of it. Yeah, you bet. So a few, uh, six, seven years ago, uh, Patrick passed away while playing hockey, uh, and he had uh, a couple of undetected heart uh, conditions that we didn't know about that were not picked up during his uh, normal physical or a sports physical. So uh, we started up the Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation, and we provide uh, free heart screens, which we call Play for Patrick, uh, heart screens at various high schools around uh, the metro area. And this weekend we're going to be checking kids down at Eastview High School, and uh, we're going to do a family health history, check their height and their weight, check their blood pressure, uh, do an EKG on them, and then uh, also do an echo uh, echo on them to look at the structure of their heart. And then they get to meet with a doc and uh, talk about the results. And then um, we'll also teach them how to do CPR and how to how to use an AED. Oh, everybody should know CPR, uh, even me. And I know the prospect of me um, performing CPR, and you might uh, might actually scare you, but uh, I can do it. I'll save your life if I have to. I'd be more than happy to. Anyway, this isn't about me. Uh, two questions. Eastview, where the hell is that? That's the first Eastview question. Eastview is a high school down in Apple Valley. Okay. And then the second, um, I don't know if it's a question or a comment, but you've saved a bunch of kids already. Uh, by by save, I mean you've found issues with kids, right? We have. We've, uh, we've, we've, uh, this is going to be our 23rd screen, and we've uh, screened 3,600 kids, and Found uh, 225 with high blood pressure, wow. uh, and uh, and then another 250 or so 
that have had either an electrical or structural heart defect. Wow, Mike. Wow. Oh, I just got chills. Oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. Uh, and again, it's uh, Apple Valley Eastview this Saturday. Give me the time again because, you know, I barely pay attention. It's, uh, it's from 9 till uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, wow, all day, we, all day. We, we still need some uh, echo technicians. Those are the folks who do the uh, echocardiogram the, the, that look at the heart. Um, but, uh, but yeah, go to playforpatrick.org and, uh, and sign up, or, or, uh, and, and they can find out more information there, too. Fantastic. Meanwhile, if you need glass or car service, body work, oil changes, tires, whatever, GL sticker, do what we all do. Call up Schoonover Body Works and Glass. They've been around for 80 years in Shoreview, always rated as the best joint in the metro. Read the reviews for yourself. You'll see for yourself. GLers, thank you for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. This is Patrick Gracie for The Canopy Group. Your kids are back in school, and when they get home, they do their homework, or they're supposed to do their homework. Why don't you do your homework? You have been with that same home and auto insurance company that has only one agent who represents only one insurance company for years. You deserve options. Let's face it, your insurance needs change as the years go by. Insurance companies' rates certainly change as the years go by. That is why the Canopy Group provides you with 16 options, not one, 16. Don't tell your kids, but you can outsource your homework to the Canopy Group. They will teach you how they find the best insurance coverage for the best price, not only today, but each and every year. Contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com and let them do the homework for you. Mate Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. I told you I had great news about New York. All problems have been solved. Well, finally, it's wow. been some time. Wow. The New York Post reported yesterday that three New York City lawmakers have put up legislation to order city officials who oversee New York's museums and nightlife to tap a laureate, a poet laureate, of the city's drag scene. You're going to have a drag laureate. You've got to be kidding me. If passed... The Post said the bill will require the city's commissioner for cultural affairs and head of the mayor's office of nightlife to select a drag laureate every year in order to prop up local LGBTQPPRMZDDYMPTTUNV businesses and promote the art scene. Naturally, taxpayer funds would be used to provide a stipend and in-kind resources for the laureate. Of course. Democratic City Councilman Jimmy Van Bramer, the lead sponsor of the drag laureate legislation, along with Democratic Councilman Carlos Menchaca and Ben Callos, said the drag laureate would serve to champion and highlight the contributions of the drag community in New York City's business, arts, and cultural spaces. So I am pleased to report that because obviously... Everything else, it's safe now to stand on a subway platform. Absolutely, You won't get shoved into an oncoming train. Which happened, what, nine days ago? Oh, nine minutes ago, maybe. You know, uh, It's all been taken care of. We used to have a phrase on this show that we would use when you would read a story like that, and it was always followed with, and this is why Trump got elected, right? Right. right. That now needs to be changed. Are you ready? This is why the country's still divided. Well, no. What I'm going to say is, because obviously instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're passing nonsense like this. This is why Biden needs an infrastructure bill. 
I guess. Because of idiots like this using their time. Here's my position. Okay. Go ahead and have a drag laureate. Why not? Why not? Seriously, I don't care. But you've got some serious problems that need to be taken care of. I'd say. I think a drag laureate would be the last thing on your list. At the very bottom. The very last thing on your Okay, we finally got to it. Now we get to have a drag laureate. <laughs> Everything's safe. There's no more murders. There's no more carjackings. There's no more muggings. There's no more robberies. We get to have a drag laureate contest. Speaking of that, did you see the video? I believe it was over the weekend. A woman who could not have been younger than 70 years old with a walker rolling down the sidewalk in New York City and gets sucker punched by a 15-year-old kid. Oh, jeez. That's terrible. I mean, mean, it's just (laughs) terrible. But we've got that settled now. Well, so that's not going to happen anymore. It will not happen anymore. Okay. Uh, Steve writes, you've talked many times about nature and wildlife coming to us. The following picture is a 13-point buck my daughter Lily saw at her office this morning near 10th and 94 in Oakdale. My guess, he's looking for some does. Note the commercial building is a backdrop. Love the show. Keep pushing back. Steve in West Lakeland Township. And look at the picture of that 13-point buck. Holy cow. I mean, it's massive. It's massive. I saw one the other night uh, coming home from the from, from Faribault after the football game. He crossed right in front of me, Kenny, on 13, where you take Highway 16 I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. Why? This, this, is, this is the equivalent of telling me about people who aren't me, that won a lottery. I don't want to hear this. Oh. My, my roommate, just this morning, my roommate sends me a, a clipping from the Echo Press, the Alexandria paper. Ten-year-old, and I'm going to drop his last name, his first name is Will. Ten-year-old Will makes first shot count on a ten-pointer during youth season. There's this tiny little kid holding up this giant buck, and I respond to her, brat. And she goes, him or me for sending you the picture. <laughs> I am sick of you people trolling me with big buck pictures. And he's been Knock waiting his off. entire life. And, and here if comes you, some 10-year-old. <laughs> well, I've shot my share of big bucks, but just stop that. And, and same with if you win the lottery, keep it to yourself. It's nobody's business. I don't want to hear about your million-dollar win. Only. Anyway. Crabby coffee shop stuff there. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> just kind Check of out the lost. latest episode. <laughs> I guess I just lost it. Sorry. Only because they come to us all the way from Marleth Park in Mumpuma, South, Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day in 1834 that Henry Sibley arrived at St. Peter, uh, completing a journey on horseback from Prairie du Chien. I, I guess that was noteworthy. In 1919, Congress passed the Volstead Act, setting in motion the prohibition of liquor sales nationwide. Andrew J. Volstead was a congressman from Minnesota who had introduced the bill. It all started here, I'm sorry to say. In 1949, on this day, today, President Harry S. Truman appointed Eugenie Moore Anderson of Red Wing as ambassador to Denmark, making her the United States' first woman ambassador. And on this day, today, in 1990, I remember this guy's name, popular candidate John Grunseth withdrew from the gubernatorial uh, oh, yeah. that race. Was not pretty. He had uh, got caught in a little mudslinging campaign. Yeah. And his candidacy was ultimately destroyed by accusations of sexual impropriety 
Grunseth's withdrawal opened the door to Arne Carlson, state auditor, to run on the Republican ticket. Public disgust with the entire campaign helped Carlson win, and he proved to be a popular governor. Ooh, John Grunseth. Remember that? That song was going around. Didn't he get in the pool with some kids or something? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think he did anything, but it was seen to be as untoward. That's true. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, GLers. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow, three mayoral candidates. And we can't wait for more email. We're not going to get it. We're all right. <laughs> and Rook, too, right? That's yeah, right. Rook's the Rook here. will be here tomorrow. Oh, that's good. It's like a day off for me. With a Katie joke. He doesn't have to talk. With a joke as told by Royce. Oh, yeah. I'm not giving up on that bit, even though we ruined the last one. Yeah, Monday's was a kind of terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Like the, it was like the first time we tried to do a podcast. Oh, just terrible. Yeah. Hey, if that fails, I'm going to ask him to do Roycey in the throes of passion. No, just for the fun no, of it. We don't need to lose you on I don't that day. Do that. <laughs> it's heart attack time. <laughs> Speaking of that, if you want to see more hilarity and other segments, uh, check out the Garage Logic YouTube channel, and you can follow us on all sorts of various social media platforms. We'll do this again tomorrow. He is the man of the hour, and he's back with us once again here in Garage Logic. He's Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. GLers, pick up that phone and make that call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation. Yes, I said free. And you do that just like I did by calling 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh. You also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. Josh is on the line with us again, and Josh, he's back. How do you like that? And it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Trump media. I do not believe this is what the senators and Congress people who are going after Facebook, Google, Apple, and Amazon really wanted when they were talking for more competition. I'm sure that they were looking to quiet a lot of conservative voices. Part of a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company that debuted earlier under the ticker symbol DWAC. Today, one hot stock with trading halted a few times. The stock yesterday closed at $10 a share, which is typically the opening price for most of the special purpose acquisition companies. And open trading today at $12.50. The deal with Trump Media was announced. Stock getting as high as $25 a share, but it was not a straight climb. Not a lot of shares outstanding, which adds to the demand for a piece of Donald Trump. And I'm sure going forward, this particular SPAC is going to be a little bit volatile and is definitely not for the faint of heart. In other news, better than expected corporate earnings coming from a diverse group of companies that has been reporting. We've had Tesla beating top line and bottom line. Analysts like especially was the margins that Tesla is now generating on the sales of their cars at 30.5%. That's on a gross basis. And that does include some of the carbon credits that Tesla gets. Very interesting company, not a company that I have owned, is a little bit volatile and very expensive by most measures. Netflix has reported their stock dipped a little bit as subscriber growth was not up to expectations. Netflix continues 
to move ahead as it closes in on a new high and attract continued upgrades and overweight ratings. Netflix has continued to be, despite all the competition, a winner in the streaming space. Little Croc, still a big earnings parade. Then we have Union Pacific Railroad. Again, a better than expected report. Union Pacific has seen volumes increase, which is a plus when moving into the supply chain. And they do have pricing power, something that I continue to emphasize with you as earnings come through. Listen to what people say about supply chain. Listen to how the guidance on increased input costs and how that's going to affect margins for companies. And bear in mind when a company says we've got pricing power, that gives them a leg up. Excellent report as always, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. In these volatile times, you need that 48-minute financial consultation now. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. You're going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you again next week. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.